Jennifer Joseph. I'm a wife. I'm a mother. I'm a pastor. I'm an author. I'm a COO. And I am a businesswoman. And you are officially tuned in to the Her Redemption Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Oh my goodness. It has been a really long time since I checked in with you guys. And I want to apologize for just being MIA. Um, I was working on a really important and big project at work um, for the past uh, two months. And God basically told me to go sit down somewhere with this whole coronavirus. And so, um, as I'm sure you can understand or imagine, the project is very much on hold right now um, because people, we have to social distance. So, um, contractors can't get on site to complete the construction. Vendors can't come on site to do their parts either. And so um, my organization is very much so still occupying um, the three separate buildings that we are in. And hopefully, um, if God wills it, before the end of this year, we will all be at our new space. But right now, my entire office is working remotely. We have been working remotely for the past two weeks. Um, I don't know how you guys are feeling, but I, I've had some great days and I've had some not so great days. Um, and really, I I am someone who considers myself as an introverted extrovert, if that makes sense. And so... When it when I when I want my alone time, I really just want to be alone and not be bothered. But when I need to be around people, it's like I really need to be around people. And so this experience has really revealed to me um, how important human connection and human interaction is, and not Facebook or Instagram or virtual, which is a great alternative to not being able to see each other at all. But still, we really just have this innate desire to want to connect on a deeper level. So anyway, um, I shared a video on my Instagram, um, pretty much sharing that I do believe that God is trying to get a lot of our attention and that we should really seize this opportunity to build our relationship with him, to hear what it is that he's trying to communicate to us for our lives, for our family, um, in this season. And so, my hearts go out to those who have lost loved ones already due to the coronavirus. I'm praying for those who are sick and who are battling right now. I'm praying for healing mercies over you in Jesus' name. Um, what I wanted to do today, and I've been really um, just praying and asking God, what what should I talk about? Like, you know, I don't I don't want to ignore what's happening around the world. I don't want to come on here and give you fluff and, you know, get you all excited and you, you're you not able to implement anything that I'm about to say. And so today I feel compelled to talk about um, planning and being prepared for a possible recession, which seems very imminent at this point. Um, I, and if we do enter a recession, this will be the second one that I have experienced in my lifetime, though my husband was reminding me that there was another one in 2001. Um, at that point I was 11 years old, so 
I'm living my best life. If if we were in a recession, my parents didn't let me feel it or notice it because life just went on as usual. But the recession that I did feel, um, that I felt heavily was the one in 2008, at which point I was a college uh, student. And I remember my father lost his job of uh, 15 years. And it was a very scary Uh, moment for my family because I had seen a side of my father that I never saw in my life and so it was hard for me to see him like that he was just very down he felt defeated just stressed and worried because you know the fear of not being able to provide for our family you know you have the mortgage life still has to go on I was in college and my dad was at the time paying for my tuition and so um there were so many things to worry about but once he got over that very stressful period this this beast and when i say beast i i really can't find a better word but a hustler just kind of emerged manifested in him and he started doing everything Like, he became a serial hustler. He started doing taxi. He started picking up some construction gigs. He started um, collecting crash metal for cash. He was was, um, saving um, coins, pennies, anything that he saw. Like, he was doing everything in his power to ensure that he maintained a roof over our heads and that... I did not have to take a break from college. And that's exactly what happened. And amid all of that, he still continued to serve faithfully as a senior pastor at our church. And he tithed. He continued to pay his tithes. And so that really um, speaks to a part of the lesson that I'm going to share with you today. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to be relevant, and so I'm going to share with you something that can help you in this current season that you're in, but I also want want to leave you feeling confident that you can get through this, that we will get through this. We will come out on the other side of this victorious because God is in control, Um, but I do encourage you, again, to um, seize this opportunity that God is giving us to draw nearer to him. Um, to repent. Um, If you know you have some things that you uh, need to work on that God has been fighting with you to um, resolve, then you should certainly um, really take this opportunity to to fix those things. All right, so I want to dive right into it now. If you don't have your notebook, take your notebook out, take your paper out, guys. Um, because I'm going to give you some really, really good information. And I want to premise by saying that I am not a financial expert, okay? Nor am I a financial guru. Um, These are just some um, tips that I have witnessed my father implement, that I have implemented myself, and that I know to work. And so I want to share them with you so that you can be ready for this recession. Now, let me say this. A recession is imminent, whether President Trump is in denial about it or not. Um, And the best thing that we can do during this quarantine and social distancing period is to be ready. Okay, so 
I want you to accept and acknowledge the fact that a recession is imminent and it's going to happen. And so the best thing that you should do for yourself and for your family is to be ready. So here is tip number one. So I'm going to give you six tips on how to be recession proof. Number one, tighten up your budget. All right. Start cutting back on non-necessities. Okay. If you don't need it, don't buy it. Don't pay for it. Now, this is hard. Because change is always hard when you get into the swing of things and you kind of have um, a system in place. It's really hard to break from that, especially when you have children. But you have to think about the family at large. You have to think about the future. You have to be smart about your decisions. So tip number one, tighten up your budget. Start cutting back on non-necessities. For example... If you are a family household that is paying for Hulu and Netflix, you don't need both, okay? You do not need both, sis, bro. You only need one. So decide which one you're going to cut the plug on. Is it going to be Hulu? Is it going to be Netflix? Number two, I'm still on the same point. Tighten up your budget. Start cutting back on non-necessities. Another example would be Check up on those random subscriptions that you signed up for that you forgot to cancel, okay? And the best way to really get a handle on that is to log into your bank, look at your bank bank statement. Now, I don't know who you bank with, but my bank, there's a section for me to see recurring um, bills. And you'll be able to see things that are coming out of your account every month. And you'll be like, oh my God, I'm still paying for that. Because I'll tell you, when you have your direct deposit, you're not always on top of everything that's coming out of your account. And we've all done it. We try to sign up for the free trial and we think that we're going to remember to go in after 20 days or 30 days or however long the subscription is for and cancel. But guess what happens? We forget. And those fees, though small, it adds adds up, continue to come out of our account each month. So I need you to go into your account, check all of your recurring bills. If it's something that is not a necessity, pull the plug immediately. Okay. Another example of a way to tighten up your budget and to cut off non-necessities is to cook more. I'm preaching to the choir. Okay, let me tell you, if Rona has done nothing for me, she certainly has forced me back into the kitchen and has reminded me how good of a cook I am and that I really need to stop ordering out all the time. So you save so much more money when you make your food, when you meal prep. Um, You don't need to buy that $10 coffee from Starbucks. You can buy a $10 jug of coffee from the supermarket and make your coffee every day. Like these are just small things. Those small, they really impact our budget and we don't realize how excessive um, these things can be. So yes, start cooking more, make your own coffee, make your own smoothies, make your own lunch so that you can really save money in that area. Another thing is... Cut expensive purchases, okay? If we are preparing for a recession, because again, you heard it here first, it's coming, whether we like it 
or not, we are due for a recession because typically um, the economists will tell you America gets one every 10 years. It's been 12 years since the last recession, so we are due for one. Um, And so I need you to really grasp that and accept that reality so that you can move accordingly. So as we are planning for the imminent recession that is to come, we don't need those red bottoms right now. I know they look good. I know they make your feet, your shape, they really just um, are attractive. They make your outfit look great, but you don't need it. We do not need those expensive Kanye West sneakers. I don't know what guys are paying for sneakers anymore. I'm not really a sneakerhead, but if it costs too much money and it's ridiculous, don't buy it. Don't buy it. We got to be smart. All we need is, is shoes on our feet and clothes on our back. Doesn't matter if we get it from Ross or from Marshalls or TJ Maxx, what have you. Just be very smart about how much you are spending on clothes and not just clothes, watches, equipment, technology. If it's not a necessity, do not buy it. All right. So that is tip number one. Tighten up the budget. Cut back on non-necessities. Number two, I hope you're taking notes. Start saving. Now, again, I am preaching to the choir. Okay. But This is something that we all need to get better at. You need to start saving and open up an emergency fund, okay? David Ramsey, famous financial expert who has written many books, um, he recommends that you have at any given moment at least six months worth of savings in your account. So essentially... If for whatever reason you were to lose your job or your main source of income just stopped, um, you are able to maintain your lifestyle for the next six months. And the idea is a half a year should be enough time for you to figure out a plan. Um, And so what ends up happening to a lot of people is when we don't have at least six months worth of savings in our account when these tragic, um, um, unforeseeable events happen in our lives, we go into survival mode. And so we end up going deeper into debt or we end up losing our assets. That's how people end up getting in foreclosure because you can't, it's hard to like plan logically and also be in survival mode at the same time because you're you're not thinking straight. You're feeling anxiety, you're stressed, and you're you're just trying to do anything you can to just make the next bill. But if you get into the habit of saving when you don't need the money, then when these emergencies happen, you can continue to do life as usual while you plan logically, calmly about what your next move is going to be. This is so key, you guys. So we really need to save and we have time. I really do think that a recession, though imminent, we really won't feel it until like the winter time. So you have between now and the winter to start saving money. Okay. All right. Number three, adopt a hustler mindset. Very important. I have three words for you. Okay. Multiple, four words, multiple streams of income. I'm going to say it again. Adopt a hustler mindset. 
now is the time to have multiple streams of income. Now, let me say, popular, po- uh, contrary excuse me, to popular belief, I am not someone who is trying to be um, a, a, a boss of my own company and that's all. I personally like having a nine to five and that's just me. Um, that might not work for everybody because I love that job security. But I am also not naive and foolish to think that I can put all my eggs in one basket. So while I have my nine to five, I am a director of operations, I still understand that I don't know what the future holds. And I don't know if something might happen and they have to let me go. God forbid. I don't want that to be my only source of income. And so many people see me doing a lot. You're doing a boutique. You're doing public speaking engagements. You're doing X, Y, and Z. It's like you're doing too much. No, there's no such thing as doing too much. Okay. The key is I need to ensure that this is not my only source of income because God forbid if this ends, I need something to fall back on. Okay. And so It's important for us to get into that mindset now. Now, let me say this. And the reason why I want you to train yourself to learn how to do that now rather than later is because, again, it's the same example that I gave about savings. If this thing happens to you when you're not ready, like you losing your job or losing your um, reliable income, you are going to be operating from a space of anxiety and stress so you won't be thinking straight. But if you already start to adopt that hustle hustler mindset now, it'll be easy to you. It'll be like second nature. You'll be like, okay, on to the next one, okay? And so I need you to also understand that having a hustler mindset is not for the prideful or the lazy. You cannot be a prideful or lazy person if you're going to be a hustler. Remember, I premised this episode by giving you, um, sharing a personal story about my father who had lost his job in 2008. And he's a pastor, but he was willing to be a taxi driver. He was willing to go around collecting crash metal to sell. I mean, for a lot of people, that cause that's very humbling. Like, some people might feel too embarrassed to like stoop that low and do that. But when you're a hustler, it's about eating. You understand what I'm saying? It's about putting food on the table for your family. You don't care what you have to do because you understand that right now you have to do what you have to do in order to do what you want to do. And so that's the mindset that I need y'all to get into. Like, even if I have to to take on a a part-time job, I don't know, as a, a retail person, are you willing to do that? Okay. And so I want to give you some tips on some side hustles that you can pick up if you're not a business person, okay? You can do Uber or Lyft. Uber, believe it or not, is still in business even amid this coronavirus. In fact, Uber and Lyft um, has, has heightened as a result of this coronavirus because people are afraid to get on the subway. They're afraid to be in those congested areas. And so more people are using Uber and Lyft. So you can definitely, if you have a car that is in good shape, you can clock out of your nine to five and just, you know, do a couple of uh, Uber and Lyft trips so that you can earn some extra income. Another thing that you can do that is always um, thriving in the economy, no matter um, how good or bad the economy is doing is the 
health field, um, the health industry. And so some jobs that you can do without needing um, any uh, thorough training is working for a home care agency. Okay, so I um, worked in the home care agency for a really long time. I was a director of uh, human resources, and then I became a director of a home care agency. And I can tell you that they are looking for reliable people more than skilled people. So obviously you need to know what you're doing, but if you're someone who are, who's reliable, you're polished, you will almost immediately get a job as a um, home health aide. Um, so the only thing that you need to do to be able to get that job is to pass a test and not some tests in school or anything. You literally just call the home care agency. You apply for the job. They bring you in. And they're really just giving you like a really short test to make sure that you know the basics um, in the event of an emergency. Obviously, you need to pass a background check, etc. And if you go on YouTube, there are so many free training videos so that you can score well on these exams, okay? And at home care agencies, I think the cheapest amount of money that you can make is $9. I don't know any home care agencies out there that are um, paying less than that. So the highest that I've seen is $12 an hour. You can make as much as $12 an hour as a home health aide. So that is definitely a side hustle that you could pick up while you either continue to work on your business or after you leave your nine to five, okay? Another one is um, Herbal Life. Now, let me tell you that I'm not talking about pyramid schemes. There are pyramid schemes out there that are literally just stealing your money. Nothing that is legit will ever ask you for money to invest in it. I'm going to repeat that again. Nothing that is ever, that is legit in terms of these types of businesses. I'm not talking about you know, going into business with someone, like obviously you need to invest in, there needs to be buying in if you're going to be like a business partner with someone. But I'm talking about promoting another person's product or being an ambassador. If it's legit, they will never ask you to pay your own money. Okay, so those are what I call pyramid schemes and I am not in favor nor do I support those at all. I'm talking about legit companies that are just looking for people on the ground to essentially be sales persons for them and so they're not asking you to put any money in they are giving you the product and every sell that you make they take a percentage and you also get a profit and so one that I can think of that I know is legit is herbal life so you can certainly find other uh, companies similar to herbal life As a side hustle, again, as I said, it's not for the lazy. I know that if you're going to be successful in those types of jobs, one, you have to be able to talk to people. You have to be convincing. You have to be a people person. You got to go out there and put yourself out there. Obviously, it's not easy to do that right now since we're social distancing, but I know people who are really successful at doing it online, etc. So that's definitely something else that you want to consider. Another one similar to Herbal Life is Mary Kay. Um, I don't know if Avon is still in business, but um, yeah, those are just some examples and you can look them up. There are so many out there. All right. And again, I'm still on my third point. I'm just giving you examples because I don't want to just give you points and not really tell you how to like 
um, um, actually implement these things. Okay, so we're on our third point, which is adopt a hustle mindset and try to find multiple streams of income. Another thing that you could do is Amazon. Amazon is booming right now. Like, I'm going to tell you, I've still been getting my packages one time. Amazon Prime, same day delivery, next day delivery. I don't know why they have not been forced into quarantine, but they clearly still have their workers working around the clock to make sure that we get our packages. So they are always hiring. Like, I know a couple people at my church who were able to get a job at Amazon in seconds. So if you're someone who is comfortable with doing um, warehouse work, um, that's definitely an option for you as well as a side hustle. You could work there at night. Um, if you're someone who um, is a night owl and you know, you're know you content with at least five hours of sleep, because obviously if you're going to work two jobs, you're not going to be able to get a lot of sleep. So if that's something that you feel like your body can handle and you're healthy enough to be able to um, go that route, I would definitely recommend Amazon. And then finally, um, yeah, so I mean, those are pretty much all the examples that, that I have about multiple streams of in- income. Finally, what are your talents? What are some things that you are good at, okay, that you have really been sleeping on and that can really make you money? For me, I am a web designer, like, let me just, <laughs> I really am. And it's, I would never like um, promote myself as an expert web, web designer because I don't do coding. I don't do any of those things, but I have built websites for myself and for a lot of people. And as I said, I would never go on to like build a business, but if I had to like get into hustling mode, I would certainly like offer my services to make websites for people. And I'm just sharing that as an example for you. What are some things that you are good at that you've been doing for free because it's just a hobby, but you know it's really good. It's better than some of the work that people who are charging um, are doing out there. So why not? Like, if it can make you money, do it. That's my advice. Like, if you have the time, you know you can do it well. Put a price on it. If somebody is willing to pay you, that's extra money that you're putting in your pocket and in your emergency fund. All right. So point number four. Now we are on point number four. I'm going to go over the points that I gave you so far so that you can stay with me. The first one was tighten up your budget and start cutting back on non-necessities. Number two was start saving. Open up that emergency fund. Number three was adopt a hustler mindset. And number four is network, network, network. We've heard the very cheesy saying, your network is your net worth. And I will tell you that that is 100% facts. When you are in an economy that is doing poorly and pretty much nobody is hiring, you know what gets you the job? Your connections. Not your resume, because you're going to be like one of a thousand resumes. Because applications peak, they go sky high when people are being laid off. And the human resources department gets so overwhelmed that sometimes they don't even get to go through every resume because it's impossible. Like they would just be looking at resumes all day. So you need to start building your network now. Not when you're desperate, but when you have the upper hand. Build relationships, 
start connections, slide in DMs, send emails, do virtual happy hours with people that you know are well connected, like build, 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 market yourself so that people understand your worth and what value you bring. Because I'm telling you, it will legit just be a conversation with someone who will um, get you an opportunity. And that's what happened for my dad. Um, um, he finally was able to stop doing taxi and he was able to like, um, still driving, but, um, um, pick up these school kids who, um, were doing really well for themselves. And literally instead of him having to drive all around the city, trying to do like multiple jobs just to be able to make the, the day's pay, he was able to become a personal chauffeur for these kids and that was only because he was having a conversation with a friend about his current situation and he said oh I have this opportunity so let me go back to my last point which was having a hustler mindset is not for the prideful many of us are afraid to be open about our struggles or when we're going through difficult times we don't want to tell people we got laid off We don't want to tell people that we're struggling to pay our bills, but you are going to be your worst enemy by doing that. That's foolish. You have to tell people what you need so that they can help you. And and you would be surprised the number of people who want to help you, who want you to succeed, but they can't help you if they don't know what your needs are. So again, network, network, network. I cannot stress it enough. Number five, update your resume and or your media kit and have them ready and on hand at all times. Remember those, well, maybe y'all don't remember those days, but I used to be someone who always had my resume on me. It was in a folder in my bag. Like I was always ready. Like I would literally hand my resume to people who I knew were people of power or in positions that could get me work. I want you to start updating your resume now. Let me tell you, because there is a science to this. Studies have shown, HR experts um, have um, 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 said that when people are updating their resume um, after being fired or laid off or whatever, um, they tend to create the resume out of desperation. And so they're not marketing themselves in the best way that they can. So they're not putting things on there that really highlight their skills and their talents. It's just, they're just desperate. So they're putting anything on there just so that they can get work. So you want to start updating your resume when you're not desperate, when you're really feeling confident about yourself, you're in a secured role, you know what you bring to the table and just have that ready. So God forbid you do lose your job. You already have a polished resume that's ready to go. And that's really going to help boost your confidence. Okay. So Start working on your resume now. Don't start working on it when you don't have a choice. Work on it now. Have it ready. Make sure it's perfect. Have someone else look at it. Ask them what vibe they get after they look at the resume. Um, Remember, you don't want your resume to be too long. Just put those really key points on there. You want to really try to keep it to one page, but if you absolutely can't, it should not exceed more than two pages. Anything more than two pages is absolutely too long, okay? And number six, pay your tithes. Now, as you know, I am a pastor. I am a woman of faith. This is a Christian podcast. 
And so for my listeners who are not necessarily believers or fervent in the faith, um, I want you to know that I am a firm believer in tithing. Now, let me say this. It does not have to be so formal or rigid. Like if you are not a consistent member at a church, that's a different struggle that you need to work on. And that's a story for another day. But if you're not, you can find an organization that's doing ministry, that is doing the work of God, that you can tithe to, that you can invest in. I truly believe that a man reaps what he sows. And by making that sacrifice and making that investment into work, selfless work, and again, this is about whether or not you believe in your church and your ministry or in the organization that you're investing in, it's paying it forward. It's understanding that when you give back to God what God gives to you, that it will multiply. And so the understanding is if you are investing on good soil, you're investing in an organization that is helping the community or maybe helping adolescents or changing lives by their sermons or their ministry, you are playing a part in something greater than you. And I really do believe that. I don't believe in karma, but I believe in... um, reciprocity i believe in in good things coming to good people that what you put into the universe really comes back to you and that really is the whole idea between sowing um the whole idea about sowing and reaping so i really 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 encourage you to tithe to tithe i encourage you to invest into the work of god or into positive work. Again, it doesn't necessarily have to be a church. You can find an organization that is doing really, really great work in the community. Um, and so I, I just encourage you to do that. It works. I am a firm believer, guys. I'm telling you, like, I have never lacked anything. God always provides for me. I have been tithing faithfully since I've had a job, since I can remember my very first job at Rite Aid, I took that little $100 check and I gave $10 to God. And I've been doing that and God has really shown himself in my life. So I encourage you to do that. All right. So these are my six steps. I really, really hope that you will apply it, that you will take heed to my advice and start planning right now like a recession is around the corner because it absolutely is. Tighten up your budget, start cutting back on non-necessities, start saving, adopt a hustler mindset, network, update your resume and have it on you at all times, and finally, pay your tithes. Give back to God what God gave to you. Will a man rob God? <laughs> okay, so um, um, we really got to do that. And finally, I just want to have some tips. This um, um, I just have a couple things that I want to add. These aren't tips per se, but I want to share some financial hacks with you. Okay, the first one is an app called Earning. I'm gonna spell it for you. It's E A R N I N. It's called Earning app. It's like a purplish. A fuchsia color when you see it. This app has changed my life. Okay, so I am someone who is in the process of building my credit. And so in order for me to do that, I cannot open, um, apply for new credit cards. Okay. 
But sometimes, you know, when things get dry, you can really like credit cards really do come in handy. Right. And so if you use it well, having a credit card can be a really, really positive thing. But for those of us who who are really trying to work on building our credit, we can't we don't really have that luxury to like tap into a credit card um, whenever we need to. So what this app does is it operates just like credit, but instead you are borrowing from yourself. There is no interest. It's completely safe. The only thing is, and if this is something you're not comfortable with, then maybe this is not the app for you. You have to allow them to connect to your bank account because obviously if people, if a, if a company is giving you money, they're going to need some sort of collateral. They need to make sure that if you try to rob them, God forbid, that they have you know, your bank information, they can either reach out to your bank or something or whatever. So I totally understand that I was comfortable with that. I did a lot of research. I spoke to a lot of people before I did that and they are legit. I have been using them for at least six months now and it has been amazing. So this is essentially how it works. This is not a paid partnership, you guys. This is not a promotion. This is me speaking from personal experience and sharing with you because I love y'all. And when I find something great, I want to share it. So this is how it works. Let me stop rambling. So essentially, you set up the account similar to Cash App, Venmo. Y'all know how it goes. You have to connect it to either a debit card or your bank account in order for it to work. So you kind of do that setup and they start you off small. And and then as you go on, they build your credit limit. They allow your 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 borrowing power, if you will, because it's not credit. Um, And so. What they will do is um, they'll lend you, say, $100. And when you get your next direct deposit, they'll take that $100 back. $100 back. There's no interest. They don't take extra money. There are no fees involved. All they ask is for a donation so that the community can continue. And you can give a donation as small as a dollar or $2. It's up to you. Or you can give no donations. Um, so you're not forced to give a donation. So when I first um, joined the app, the first uh, limit that they gave me was just $100 within a pay period. And when they saw that I was a responsible person, that my direct direct deposit came in, they took the money out, they increased it to $200. And now my max right now is $500 that I can borrow. And they take the money back, though. You can't decide when you're going to give the money back. It's not like a credit card, like you can pay the minimum. No, whatever you borrow, they will take the full amount when your next direct deposit comes. So it's essentially like your own money, but you need it advanced, like an advanced check or advanced pay um, so that you don't have to take out credit cards. So I think it's awesome. I love the app. It really comes in handy on the months where I'm paying my mortgage because that's when like money seems to be the lowest. And so I might have some things that I need to take care of, like groceries or something, and it's really dry. So I'll just like take money from my upcoming paycheck through the earning app. So that's just really something I wanted to share with you guys. It's been amazing because it's literally allowed for me to not have to use any of my, um, take any money from my credit lines. Um, so I wanted to share that with you. Check it out. Um, and share with me, um, what your thoughts are in my DMs or send me an email and let me know if it's working for you. Another hack that I want to share with you. Um, if you're not Haitian or in the care, uh, or of Caribbean descent, you might not be familiar, but it's called Sol, S-O-L, or, um, Jamaicans call it Susu. Um, and essentially it's basically, um, 
you get into a group of reliable people that you trust and um, you collect money. So let's say um, there's 10 of you um, and so the limit is going to be $1,000. So each person has to give $100 each week or every two weeks until each person has gotten $1,000. Now, the benefit of this is if you happen to be the first hand, like you're the first person to receive the pot, this is great if maybe you're in that emergency situation, like you just lost your job and you need to pay this month month's rent, but you don't have $100, you just have, I'm sorry, you don't have $1,000, you just have $100 in your account. This is awesome because your village is essentially giving you $1,000 and you just pay it over time. So, guys, I really believe in this. Like, I have been um, just fortunate to be able to do it with people in my church and really close people in my village and my tribe. So, find those people who you trust, you know they're legit, and create something like that because it's really going to be beneficial and come in handy as this recession um, comes. So, Guys, I really hope these tips helped you. Please share this podcast with someone if you think it'll help them as well. Again, um, in all things, let us not fear. Let us not be afraid. As children of God, we don't need to participate in a recession, right? The recession will be happening, but we will not feel it in Jesus' name because God is our provider. We will be ready. We will be wise. And we will trust in him and trust that he will provide for us no matter what. If you are someone who has already lost your job, um, know that there are options out there. This is the human resources person coming out of me. You have the rights to unemployment. Um, So file an unemployment claim. Look into some of those side hustles that I mentioned. Try doing Uber or Lyft or Amazon or becoming a home health aide as you try to um, find another job. So, So I just encourage you not to give up. Um, not to be discouraged and know that in all things, God is in control. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Her Redemption podcast. And I can't wait to chat with you again soon. Bye-bye.